Welcome to Food and Loathing in the fabulous city of Las Vegas. An obsessive look into the taste of Sin City by a group of people who love to obsess on taste. I'm your host, Al Mancini, and I've been writing about food in this town for over 20 years, although you probably wouldn't know that from some of the mediocre prose I toss out during the opening <laughs> segments of the show. <laughs> I don't always put my top effort into it. I'll be the fair. But today, we are feeling good. Today is a top effort kind of day. Um, because, well, we're going to get to that first. Let me continue with the introductions. Besides me, we have pulling double duty today as both host and engineer, the owner of Wishbone and Vine and OffTheStrip.com's culinary correspondent, Samantha Gemini Stevens. How are you today, Gemini? I am fantastic. I started the day way too early. It's been really productive, so I'm just going to go with it all day. Today's, yeah, today's a good day, man. I'm feeling the energy here. Yeah. I'm feeling good. And the reason that I guess I'm feeling so good is because we are coming to you right right now for this episode from one of my favorite restaurants oh, yeah. in Las Vegas, a place oh. I just love coming in for personal special occasions and or just sit down with my wife um, at the bar and have a couple quick bites yep. you know, on days that you just can't go straight home after work, no. that kind of deal. <laughs> um, so whether it's a special occasion or just a, I can't go home after work day, we love to come to Scotch 80 Prime yes. in the Palms, which is where we are right now in their private dining room. Um, and we are joined by Chef Marty Lopez and um, manager George Pagani. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having us in today. How are you guys doing today? Thank you. We're doing great and ready to start up a beautiful morning today. Yes, sir. Indeed. Yeah, I know. Are you guys normally morning people? I don't know. Do people in the industry ever get up this early in the morning unless you're still up from the night before? <laughs> there's a special <laughs> handful. Yeah. yeah. There's a special handful for that. But I, that's the weirdest thing with me now that, you know, because I, you know, I have my own app and my podcast and all these things. So I'm kind of running my own businesses at this point. And now I just don't have the late night party hours that really were part and parcel of for me covering um entertainment first. I used to cover musicians and then I started covering restaurants and all the good shit happens after 10 o'clock at night, you know, right? very true. <laughs> you know, you got, you've got to be up late and waking up early didn't really work very well for me. Now I'm a morning guy and I'm afraid I'm missing all the cool stuff that's going on, but you guys are, <laughs> you're still, still night people, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think I actually get a second win around, you know, eight thirty, nine 9 mm -hmm. o'clock and that's when I'm alive. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm going to maybe ask you this when we get deeper into the conversation. Like, where are the cool after work spots yeah. that, um, that the chefs go to celebrate these days? Since I don't not even celebrate just to burn off steam in their own way, because, you know, I used to know all the spots and that's where I got all my news and my gossip, waited for people to get drunk. They, you know, tell me things their publicist <laughs> didn't want to tell. I don't do that shit anymore. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know those places. So I'm adding that to my list of questions that I want to ask you guys about. About when we get into the full um, conversation. And we are going to get into a full conversation in just a few minutes about everything that's happening here at Scotch 80 Prime, uh, all kinds of everything that's happening at the Palms, your food, your beverage, your service, um, what's coming up in the future, anything we could think of, we're going to be drilling yeah. you on and picking your brains on. But for now, for right this minute, we love to start off the top of the show by telling people where we have been eating. And this is not formal reviews. It's just like, I want to, you know, you. everybody wants an insider tip to Vegas. I created an entire app called Neon Feast, which is all about just bringing people insiders information and That's tips. Right. And I feel like 
you know, I'm not saying that those of us who eat and dine all the time in this town or, or those of you who work in the professional industry have better taste than everybody else. <laughs> but I'm saying that we've got a unique perspective, Correct. all of us. And I think people benefit from learning where we go out to eat and hear what we thought about it. And, you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly, not a formal review. We're not looking to trash anybody, no. but we'd love to talk about where we've been dining. So, gentlemen... I gave you that nice long intro to get your creative juices flowing on this. I would love it if you you would start us off for this section. Um, George, if you, yeah, you want just, to go first, tell me, where have you been eating recently? What restaurants have really either impressed you or maybe scared you or maybe disappointed <laughs> you? But I'd, I'd prefer to hear about the ones that have impressed you, if possible, unless there's some warnings we need to know. Where have you been <laughs> eating, George? Well, in my day off, that is actually Sunday, Monday. Sundays, I do a lot of things with the family. Mondays, afternoon i would like to just go meet some friends and have something light to eat nice beer and one of the places i've been frequented lately was the sandry at the uncommon mm -hmm. oh yeah and the reason for that is because there is a variation of many different kind of food right from seafood to new york to hamburgers to Greek Greek uh, um, octopus with the white beans. I love it. Mm. And uh, actually, it's been my place for the last five, six weeks, I believe so. <laughs> um, when I want something a little more formal, like a lunch with friends, like yesterday, we have a great lunch with some nice wines. We went to SK uh, Seafood. That is on Warmer Springs. Uh, great place. Uh, we spent a good afternoon uh, enjoying a great food from lobster to he did actually some uh, beef curry for us um, and just just trying to pass Mondays is my days to just spend with friends so it's eight so of the sundry we've spoken about many times on the show and mm -hmm. you'll probably hear Jevin and I and, and I have both been there this week I yes. believe so we get there in there a lot and it is it's a great place to just yeah. go back to you know time and time again if you live in the neighborhood it's right there it's easy in easy out now that I know that you can enter off Royhorn Drive over there on the side which yeah. is right, the key right. takeaway so you don't have to deal with that traffic bullshit on Durango, yep. on Durango. Um, so we know that place and we love it we agree with you hk seafood i'm not that familiar with i mean i've seen it you know around over the years but it's not a place that i, I don't know if i've ever dined there um, so is it an asian seafood it's an asian seafood uh mostly uh the the owners are from hong kong okay. it's been up in different hands but the same ownership three owners from the last 10 12 years uh it's frequent by uh large uh, Asian community. Actually, we were the only table that were mixed. Most of the people were Asian. And we went there from a little early than 2 o'clock, uh, leaving around 6 o'clock. So it's open for lunch? And the, all day long. Yeah, wow. 11 o'clock okay. to 9, 10 o'clock at night. Um, it's a great place for a small dishes, and it's a great place to have a, a full dinner that we have, like six courses with a different kind of wine. Awesome. Cool. Sounds good, man. Put that on the list. Yeah, I'm writing it out. down. Yeah. Down, Jeff and I. Um, Chef Marty, how about you? I know, you know, chef's, chef's time is spent always in your own kitchen. I don't know how frequently you go out to dine out when you're on your night off or if you'd rather just cook for yourself at home. But when you do get out, where do you go? Um, you know, for me lately, I, I've gone to um, Omakase Kiara, which... Mm. Uh, Winston, uh, Chef Winston's there now. Um, he's taken uh, some partnership in the business, and you know, 
it's it's totally changed how that place was before because mm-hmm. before it was just you know kind of like your usual izakaya and um now he's put his own spin on a lot of the dishes and it's very very enjoyable some of the um more unique japanese option that i've had lately right yeah um they're located on are they're they on jones, jones. 215 right next to uh, sierra gold right right you know um nice little uh cozy spot but you know what and it kind of pump switches. out great food do they still switch you know i've been over there because um because lewis DeSantos was working with them over there for a yes, while too. i don't correct, know if he correct. still is i believe he is mm-hmm. um and when i had first gone there they had done they do like the more the traditional omakase experience earlier in the evening and then they try to turn it they were trying to turn it into kind of an itzakaya late night after work yes. hangout for people later in the evening are they it's, still doing both of those experiences there yeah that's still going on you know and and it's such a convenient way especially for industry people to just you know have a place to hang out after service not a lot of places are open late so um if you're not on spring mountain then you have like you know places like that to hang out at it's, it's great yeah kayara um and you know that's you think about it so many of the great restaurants in this town the places that have become you know favorites over the years they, a lot of them started off really trying to capture people in that after work crowd from the industry crowd right and that's that's a key crowd of tastemakers in las vegas that's where i say i don't really get into that those hours anymore i'm keeping different hours these right. days but, um, <laughs> certainly that, those are you know that's if you can get that after work crowd then you know you're doing something right because there's so many people in this town that work in fantastic restaurants yep. on the strip and off the right. strip and they get off and they know the good things right they mm-hmm. know what's important to good service they know what quality ingredients are and they're not going to be fooled and they're not mm-hmm. really going to be satisfied by most video poker bars late at night they they want something to little better if they're gonna do the video poker bar might as well just go home and throw the Tostino pizza rolls in the oven if you're gonna eat that right but it's great to have places like Kayara and you know places that, yeah. that are up to the standards of people in the industry absolutely 100%. okay um so I guess I'll go next a few places I've dined I did a lunch at the Good Witch it's just always a good reminder that the Good Witch is still yep. over there, still mm-hmm. crushing it after all these years. Mm-hmm. Different chef in the kitchen, but a great chef in the kitchen who's, who's Mr. Simmons. Chef Simmons has been on this um, podcast a few times, uh, hung out over there. And, man, I always do the basic. I do the Rubenish, which is their, their spin on a Reuben. And it was as good as always. Corned beef, Swiss, corned beef and Swiss, and then the fennel kraut that they do over there, which oh. is really fucking amazing. Um, they had a little bit of... Just enough dab of the Thousand Islands and on it and on rye bread. Just great sandwich. So quick reminder, you know, that's um, I've been going down the list, the Neon Feast list of top sandwich spots a lot lately because they get a lot of hits online. People are really interested in finding good sandwich spots. So I've been refamiliarizing myself. They're one of our top sandwich yeah. places and definitely belong on there. So, yeah, I was great getting back in there just to refresh my memory. Uh, I went to the official grand opening party for Karis Kawana's. Yay! Donatique. Um, and it was just a great party. Lots of other chefs there. I was hanging with James Trees for a little while. All kinds of people. Um, Karis, of course, there. Other business, all our business partners there. People we know. So big industry hang. Um, and just, yeah, a lot of off-duty chefs because Karis Kawana has been cooking pastry in this town for so damn long. Right. Mm-hmm. And people love what she does. Um, so, in, you know, what was interesting about the party, in addition to all these fantastic sweet donuts that we had, and I've talked about these from 
already being in there. I, I love the honey truffle donut that she does, mm -hmm. uh, but she does so many great fucking donuts. But they're also going to be doing savory. Yes, baby. Donut place. So and it's, I, I feel like this is so fucking smart of them. If you look at places in the casinos, hitting that tourist, or not tourist, excuse me, that convention market, yeah. people that are on their way into and out of you know conventions, they always want something quick, something grab and go. So I think she's going to be doing some good sandwiches in there. Um, some kind of don't, maybe using some of the donuts for sandwiches. I mean, why not? Right? Things like that. <laughs> but she was doing real cool stuff, like sending out little types of pastry with caviar on it and like lobster spinoffs on lobster rolls, things like that at the party as sort of a precursor. Cool. So that'll be really interesting for me to watch is um, to watch how she gets into that lunchtime crowd yeah. at a place that just is known for these stunning, gorgeous, yep. delicious, decadent donuts. So, you know, best of luck to her on that. But hey, look, while I was there, I did grab her. You know me, I don't give a shit if it's a party <laughs> and people have a hundred <laughs> people to interview or the publicist is throwing things, throwing me the dirty looks, man. I grabbed the talent and I, I talked to them, right? Yeah. So um, here's a little bit of my conversation with Karis. And by the way, her publicists were very cool. They were not, they were not throwing things at me. This is absolutely a dream come true. I haven't... Uh Nothing feels better than seeing this come to fruition. I mean, the amount of people that showed up and supporting and my friends, uh, this, is, this is everything I could hope for. So could you explain what Donatique is all about? Donatique is, oh gosh, luxury donuts, but I don't want it to be too pretentious, something more approachable. Um, and, and I love children, so I threw a whole birthday cake on slice of birthday cake on a donut to make sure that uh, there's something for everybody. So so run down a few of the crazier donuts, because I've told people about a few. Um, but what are some of your favorites, and what are the ones that are going to raise some people's eyebrows? Because those are always the most exciting ones. You know what's so funny? The most popular one is actually like the vanilla bean glaze and the chocolates, but we kind of took it up a notch and actually sprayed some gold on there. Um, but my favorite is the blueberry yuzu because we make apple pie filling and kind of fill it in with um, some yuzu cream, which is more like a kind of like a creamsicle almost. Um, the truffle honey is definitely like the luxe, which is like real, real shaved truffle, buttercream, um, and some like chocolate bees and some sprinkles. Uh, the next probably favorite is probably going to be yours, Al. Like, uh, so you remember that banana pudding that I used to do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mixed it into a like almost like a banana cream pie filling, stuck it in the middle of the donut, very simple, a brulee banana, some whipped cream, and call it, called it a day. Oh, man, that's going to bring back memories of eating your banana cream pie just across the hallway, practically, from where we're standing. That's right. We won't mention <laughs> names, but like, they're, they're very dear to my heart. And this is something that's that, that I'm Cool. Um, I said it brought back memories of banana cream pie. I meant banana pudding is what it that's brings right. back memories banana. of. Yes. So we took that banana pudding and made it into a banana cream pie. And it's like my favorite. Now, I'm told you're also good. Well, we're trying some of them right now, some savory treats. But I'm told you're also going to be selling maybe some sandwiches, some savory items, things like that for people sort of on their way into a convention, that kind of crowd? Correct. So the appetizers that are going out right now or the canapes are 
very similar to what we're doing for uh, our party. So everything's donut forward. So salad, donut croutons, crostini made out of our donuts, um, caviar that are like hand cut and just perfectly like buttered with uh, the creme fraiche and, and with like Ocetra caviar. So some of these items that we'll offer for banquets and parties, but you know, not just something where you just get a whole donut and sweet. So we wanted to take it up a notch and I love food. So this is something that we definitely need to kind of like approach it in a different a different way. I also went this weekend for Mexican brunch at the Springs Cafe. This is in the Springs Preserve. It's not really inside it, though. That's an important part to mention because, you know, there's an admission to get into the Springs Preserve. Right. The Springs right. Cafe is overlooking the beautiful Springs Preserve. There is no admission to get in there, so you don't have to, you know, pay to go to the Springs Preserve. You could just go in there for a bite. I was really interested in this because it's run by the guys be behind um, Bronze Cafe. Mm -hmm. Bronze Cafe, I was talking about great sandwich spots just a minute ago. Bronze Cafe, another go-to for me. Some of the best sandwiches in Las Vegas. Also on the Neon Feast list. Another shameless plug there. But um, <laughs> the Bronze Cafe guys run the Springs Cafe. So I know that they had just added some, um, some weekend Mexican items, some brunch items to their menu. So I decided I wanted to go and check it out. It's a really cool space. It's very cafeteria style. Um, you know, big, wide open space. You order from a counter. You get your number. You, they come and they find you. So it's one of those deals. So, you know, keep that in mind. Don't be expecting super high-end service. Right. It's definitely catering to the fact, though, that half the people there have children under the age of 12, yeah. I'd mm. say. Maybe three-quarters of the people there. And I maybe say children under the age of 10, right? So it's got to be a place where the kids can run the fuck around and have yep. a good old time. It has to be a place that has great kids food on the menu that's going to be the overly right. fried and you know like this shit that kids like which they do no, I wouldn't say overly fried but you know kids yeah. shit right they have a kids menu but what's cool about it is because these it, it is people that know how to run a good restaurant it's the yep. bronze cafe team that the food that they put in there for the adults to eat is definitely at a higher level than what you would expect in a cafeteria type place it's an elevated version of that so we went in um to try some of these mexican dishes and some of the regular dishes we did um the dulce de leche waffles with strawberries and bananas really that loved them delicious. 12 dollars oh, right yeah now, again not this is not like the elegant thing that you expect if you see that on the menu at maybe a strip casino sure. right think about it in place where kids are running around very very good man fantastic didn't need to put any syrup or any of that on it the waffles were just mm -hmm. fucking great right you didn't want to drown them in syrup so really loved that um did what the hell else did i have oh uh, we did a breakfast burrito which was really cool a lot of the, the toppings there on the side right like the the cilantro and what i think were um some kind of i don't know if they were pickled onions or if they were um yucatan onions but some some kind of pickly sort of okay. onions there all that on the side right so i would have liked more of that mixed into yeah. the um, burrito. So you could do that yourself. Because then you have to open the damn thing up. Opening and it up or like, just sitting it on the top, right? right? Then you take the bite off the top with the toppings. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what you got to do for a general audience. But it was a <laughs> fucking good dish. I, I liked it. Um, and Sue actually got their beatbox salad, which I love, love that. Man. You've been over there? I've uh, Well, I've had one recently from the Bronze Cafe. Oh, they call the it something else, but 
same yeah. idea. Yeah. So Sue loved that. So yeah, shout out to them. Quick reminder, it's over there. If you have kids, you're looking for, to do a kid-friendly thing in Las Vegas, Springs Preserve is always a great place for that. Absolutely. Um, and this is certainly a place that I would eat when I was there. But if you're in that area, which doesn't have a ton of cool shit, I mean, I don't know, the other closest place I could think that I would go to eat near there would be M&M Soul Food or something if they're still open on Charleston. But yeah. there's just not a lot right around there. So if you're in that neighborhood, pop in. You get in quickly and easily. You don't quick. have to pay for it. And yeah, good local guys, members of our neighborhood, so um, our community. So shout out to them. And it was great getting over there. I also, um, Neon Feast is about to add our list of best um, places to watch a game. Yeah. So I did that survey. And also the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority has asked me to do a story on um, best places to watch football. Absolutely. Right? Same basic thing, um, which I'm working on. So I went back to a couple of the places that finished really well in the Neon Feast survey and that I'm going to be writing about for the Convention of Visitors Authority. Two in one day. Two sports bars in one day. For a guy for who, you? you know, wow. six years ago, yeah. like before the Golden Knights came here, I hadn't <laughs> seen a sporting event in like probably two fucking decades. And, you know, here I am doing two sports bars in one, one day. So I went over to Guy Fieri's Flavortown Sports Kitchen. Um, look, here's the deal. Everybody knows my thing about Guy Fieri has always been that he's a great guy. And I mean, he started off, I had problems with his personality when he first came out, but sure. he's become such an amazing guy. He does so much for the community. And I always say in the politest possible way, I'm not his target audience, right? Right. Which means he does great shit for other people, but not <laughs> yes. necessarily great shit for me. That's generally my Guy Fieri thing. But look, there are items on this menu that at, at, at the sports place, this is his Flavortown Sports Kitchen. It's in the horseshoe. Yeah. And this is his most, his widest, most variety, you know, brought across the board menu, a little okay. bit of something for everything. And there are some dishes on there that are really worth noting that are going to be good, even if you're just a foodie. Now, you know, the, the prices may be a little higher. You're paying for the celebrity chef status, sure. but the, the portions are also very fucking I was going to say, doesn't he serve you a hell of a lot of food yeah, anyway? Yeah, because that's his shtick, right? <laughs> like everything's larger than life. So, you know, I had some stuff that I I've been hearing good stuff about, um, and I had bites at the opening party, but I didn't really get back. I yeah. wanted to get back, right? So I had his um, St. Louis pork ribs, which were really Ooh. fucking good. Now, he's he actually has won um, barbecue competitions with the team. I think it's called Motley Q, and he's won awards for their barbecue. <laughs> and um, and this was these ribs were fucking good. I liked them. They come out, you know, ribs, especially in a mass market place like that, you know they're going to come out with a little bit of sauce drizzled yep. on them, even though I'm sort of like a serve-me-things-dry kind of guy. Yep. I still liked these. There was just enough sauce, a little bit of a glaze, but it wasn't too heavy. You could tell that the ribs were well-smoked, and that's what I don't like. When yeah. people drown so much sauce on there that you can't tell whether there was good smoking done with the ribs. If you can't taste the smoke, then there's a problem. Yeah, and these were <laughs> just really fucking great ribs. So I would say, you know, get those if you're over there. If you have a friend who's a Guy Fieri fan and you get those ribs, you are not going to be disappointed. The fish and chips will not disappoint either. And it's, again, a massive fucking portion. For me, I felt that the, um, the batter might have been just a touch too salty for okay. me personally, but sure. I'm a low salt kind of guy. Yeah. I don't think that everybody would find them that way. Um, but they would. So I would probably love them cause I'm, I love salt. I so. think you would love them okay. and they're just, they're just fucking good. Great pieces of cod, really fucking, um, delicious, great seasoning. The three kinds of, you know, he makes three different, four different kinds of French fries. I think he told oh my us gosh. at the press oh. thing. And he told us that they're all cooked in different fryers cause they all need different amount of time. Yeah. And then they mix them all together afterwards. So okay. um, with all that spiel from him, I 
would say these were a little overcooked for me, so maybe adjust those times. But seriously, no, man, really, really good dish. I dug that. And also, if you want to just get into the stupid Guy Fieri over-the-top kind of shit without going all in, because you can do, you know, the hamburger that's served on a donut there, like, if you want to do that. Right. I just can't do that shit. Like, that's just, again, not target audience. But I did get his... um, what were they? The pretzel bites. And they're little pull apart, kind of like cinnamon roll sized pretzel bites. They come topped with provolone cheese. There's a little bit of, I think, garlic aioli in over top of that. Where's my thing? Maple bacon aioli. Oh my Excuse gosh. Me. Right? And that made it a little too like fatty and you know, mayo Yeah, but, that but gets still, really rich. But you know what? I did dig it. <laughs> I liked it. Then they sprinkled um, bacon crumbs on top oh my of that. God. Right? And then it, it is served with a, an ale fondue. To dip it in, there as if go. the cheese and the aioli and the bacon that are on top of it are not oh enough. God. You wow. dip it flavor in the town, huh? fondue. So yeah, there's flavor town right flavor there. Town. <laughs> that is, you know, those are the kind of things that usually make me wince when I see guy on TV. But you know what? It was a good fucking dish. There if, you you know, if you don't mind overload, man, if you're about overkill, you're going to love it. So all the dishes were great. And then after that, we swung by Flanker, and I really was there just to try one dish. I really wanted to do the um, pigs in a blanket because a lot of my friends have been telling me good yeah. things. About their pink Pictures are amazing. I want to go and eat them. Yeah, they are these tiny little hot links, um, but they're fat as hell. And there's only four of these pigs in a blanket to the to, to an order, but it seriously could be like dinner for two people yeah. because they're it basically the equivalent of two large hot dogs yeah. in a lot of puff pastry shell. Nice. Uh, but wow. really fucking good. And they're hot links. They're spicy. They come with a um with a hot honey uh, sauce and just you're know, really really fucking great there. So um and also they have. And nobody's going to be excited about this, but me. This is just old man shit. <laughs> They've got one of those bar shuffleboard games. Man. Oh, I love it. Hey, that's fun. Right? Those, that's those fun. things are cool. Yeah. You don't even have yeah. to put a quarter in or any shit or a dollar or whatever the fuck things cost these days. It's free. <laughs> you just go. You shuffleboard down. I already love that place. Um, so, yeah, Flanker, we had a great time at. And that's about it for me. Gemini, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Um, I went to a lot of things um, this this week. Um, I know you went to Psy recently in downtown Las Vegas. I went on Monday night and uh, tried the tuna tataki. I had to try it because I know that your experience wasn't amazing. Yeah, mine was a little overcooked. And it was perfect. Okay, good for yeah, that. Yeah, so I was I was really happy to see that. Um, the Nashville hot shrimp was good. Like, it was crispy. The salad, the salal was probably needed a little bit more seasoning. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to call it Nashville, that implies Nashville hot something, and it was not hot. It was not spicy. No, there was very, it was it was very bland when I yeah. had it. But I did like they have those um, Yucatan onions that come with it that really gave it so a nice, good. nice kick. Their, you know, their onions you... are pretty fantastic, and I love that they come with basically everything. Uh, we also had the charcoal pork belly bow sliders. We had mm. tried those before as well. They come on black bow they buns, come if I'm remembering correctly. They come on black bow yeah. buns, a little gold leaf Unique. on the top. Um, but they're super soft. They're do- the buns are done really well. They're super soft. Um, they've got just enough chew to them, but without being, you know, sitting there like feeling like you're chewing through so much stuff. The pork belly was really tender, so I'm really not mad at that. Again, that also comes with some of the slaw. I just want them to kick up the slaw a little bit, maybe a little salt, maybe a little herbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then it would be perfect. Um, 
I talked to uh, one of the partners and one of the new chefs. And so we'll be doing a story about that on offthestrip.com, talking about um, how things are changing, how they want to open up more of the nightclub start of things. They've changed some of the cocktails, so we tried a couple of those. Also really good, really well balanced. So, yeah, all in all, it was a really success- successful evening. Zai feels like it's, or Sai, excuse me, feels like it's going to succeed or fail based on how much they really are able to get that nightclub energy going in yeah. there. Because I feel like the location there, right across from downtown Container Park, yep. you're sort of at the crossroads of what the downtown scene is right. you people are strolling just off of the fucking kind of yep. the mess that is you know the dueling djs you know on fremont street <laughs> trying to get everybody in <laughs> off the street sort of shit and I, I feel like you have to be high energy yeah. to survive over there and, and to really find a niche for yourself i think the food's playful and fun yeah. enough that it could work yeah, I think I think that is it, and I but I do think the focus is going to be on the nightclub side. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to grow up. Mm-hmm. It's only been about six months. Yeah. So um, went to Neighbors on Fort Apache in Okendo, south of Russell. Um, had a little meeting over there um, with some friends. So we I tried the shakshuka, a little bland. It was the tomatoes weren't cooked down enough. You know how they have that raw taste a little bit, um, but they, it was still seasoned really well. So I'm not mad at that. And the um, the eggs were poached perfectly. So all in all, it was really great. I had a lavender and Earl Grey cream puff. I don't usually do the sweet stuff, but that sounded really good. The pastry was nice, light, and fluffy. The interior was really beautifully done. It was a nice cream without being too heavy. Lots and lots of flavor. And then our group shared both a matcha and a chocolate chip cookie. And the reason we shared two cookies is, um, listeners, you can't see this, but if you make a dinner plate size with your hands, that's about the size of each of these cookies. Mm. So it took four of us to get through even half of each cookie. (laughs) Cool. Um, We tried over, we went over to Big B's Texas Barbecue on Fort Apache and Patrick Lane. Love them. There's two locations. There's one in Henderson as well. So we went to Fort Apache. Um, huge portions, huge. Um, we tried the fatty brisket. There is a leaner option available for those who choose that. We had the pulled pork. We had two types of hot sausage. One of them was a jalapeno and cheese and one was a traditional hot link. Um, the jalapeno was super flavorful. It was more mild. It didn't really have a lot of heat, but it had a lot of flavor. So if you do like jalapenos, you're not necessarily looking for spicy, go for that link. The hot link is a pretty traditional hot link. It's got a kick to it. So that one will get you going if that's what you're looking for. Um, and we also tried, um, ribs on the bone. We had fried okra. We had baked beans. We had the slaw. A couple of things needed just to hit a salt or something like that, but just really, really good food. They take their time. Um, everything was moist where it needed to be. Everything was really flavorful. So, um, yeah, I had a great time over there. Cool. Um, we're heading over there to record soon, aren't we? We are. We are going to be there next week. <laughs> okay, That's we're right. talk about that. And I Check. had mentioned it to a girlfriend who was spending part of the weekend with us, and she started craving barbecue. So, said, <laughs> okay, let's go and do a preview. I love Big Beast. <laughs> Um, stop by talking about happy hour so much. We stopped by Chinglish just really quickly, had a happy hour over there with some of their tempura green beans, their vegetarian spring rolls and their fried oysters. We each had a drink. It was storming outside. We were at the outside bar because we were covered up. Service was fantastic at the bar. The food was really good. It comes out quick. It comes out hot. All the flavors were perfect. Um, and so, yeah. Just get your yeah, ass over great. to English. Yeah, and that's that. over in Boca Park. Yes. Um, and then yesterday, you mentioned, I'll mention, I went to happy hour at the Sundry. 
happened to be driving by from another appointment earlier um, over in Henderson. So we popped over there and it was all day happy hour because of the holiday. Mm-hmm. So and they I, crushed it yesterday. Hey. They were out of oysters by the time I showed up. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then I feel lucky because we shared two dozen. <laughs> you probably ate the last fucking oyster. <laughs> <laughs> I know the way they you gave ate us, Yes, they gave us, uh, we did the happy hour special, which was um, a half dozen, but there's two of us. So we got two dozen total and we got to try three different of the oysters because you know they give you the sheet that marks mm-hmm. off where they come from, tell you a little bit about where, uh, where they're from and, and what to eat them with. So that was really great. The people behind the bar were hoofing it, man. They were working their asses off, but they did a great job. Not at all did I feel like I was a bother, nor did I feel like I was being ignored. Everything was so perfect. Every The the weather couldn't have been more beautiful everything inside and outside it was full of people and we went like right when it opened mm-hmm. and it was packed so that's probably why cool. they were out of the oysters that's probably why they were out yeah there. well they had planned big um, celebrations for the whole holiday weekend and then i know like i think we got an email from them friday like well a lot of the holiday celebrations have been rained out but you can <laughs> get our food delivered if you want i'm like oh way to shift gears Good job. that's super smart that's super smart yeah um so you know coming up in the news we've got cheese pairings with ice cream and sake stallone's opens a second location and a wine walk happens downtown but first we talk to scott jd primes marty lopez and george pagani this is food and loathing Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. Want the strip? Off strip? Downtown? Great views? Great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the At Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at visitlasvegas.com. So you got a little bit of an introduction to our guests earlier in the show, but let's try to do a more in-depth professional one, see how much I can get wrong about you guys here <laughs> in one thing. Um, our first guest today was born in the Philippines and lived in Oman before coming to Las Vegas at the age of 12. He worked for Andre Rochat at many of his local restaurants, including Alizé in this very building where we are. He opened Bacchanal Buffet and Gordon Ramsay Pub at Caesars Palace and spent time at the Capitol Grill, um, PJ Clark's, 
35 steaks and martinis at the Hard Rock. Chef Marty Lopez, am I getting things right there? Or did I totally bastardize? Like, were you you're like, no, man, I was born in the south side of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of these people. <laughs> it's been pretty spot on so far. Okay, cool. Chef, how are you? And thanks, well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having us. I'm doing very well, you know, nice and early with uh, Mr. Pagani here. So it's always a good time with him. Yes, and Mr. Pagani um, joining us, the man who handles the front of the room here at Scotch 80 Prime and probably a whole bunch of other things that I would know about if I worked in restaurants, but I don't. Um, <laughs> one of Las Vegas' really great front of the house pros, George Pagani was born in Argentina. He's a veteran of the Mina Group and Michael Mina and Bellagio and specifically lots of other fine dining places that I don't even have here in my notes. Hello, George. How are you today? Doing great and uh, enjoying this morning with you and the team here and... Um just ready to uh, explain to you a little bit about what we do here with, uh, you know, with Muddy. Yeah, Scotch 80 Prime, man. This is such a fantastic restaurant. And I guess you've been reopened now for about 18 months. Am I getting that right? Since the, since the yeah. yes. casino was sold yes. and then, you know, everybody was a little maybe slower to open specific restaurants. But you've been happening here for just about a year and a half? Year and a half. And we opened for five days for the first three, for, four yeah. months, and then uh, we full up in seven days. Yes. Since it's the only, or now we have Vetri, right? But uh, before that, uh, we were the only restaurant yeah. in the hotel. That, yeah. Correct. Well, and that was, I, I'd say, you know, keeping my eye on this restaurant was sort of me trying to figure out where the new owners were going to go with this property. Uh, because we didn't know if Vetri was coming back at first. We knew that, you know, there's so many freshly renovated spaces right. here in this building um, that at the time, nobody knew what was happening with them. Some have since found homes, like the Shark Space has now found, you know, a new resident. Um, the Green Street Space is, you know, nobody's sure there's things in and out of there. Right. But at the time, with Vetri not open, with nothing in the Shark Space at the time, nothing in the Green Street Space, I heard that this restaurant was reopening, and I was like, okay, now we're going to see how serious these new owners are about doing Vegas food at a Vegas food level. Mm. And I was, you know, I was a little nervous. Not yes. everybody comes into <laughs> Vegas and really understands that, you know, things play here at a higher level. But I, from the first time I came in to try the food here at Scotch 80 Prime, I was like, okay, they're not fucking around. They want this to be exactly what it was prior to the pandemic, what it's, you know, been, and even what this room was going back to previous incarnations as Nine Steakhouse, yes, for right. those who may remember it. And that is... This is one of the premier steakhouses in Las Vegas. It's a place to see and be seen, but it's also a place to get fantastic food. It's service is kept. And when I realized George was over here, I came in for my first meal. I was like, okay, you're going to have service oh, that's yeah. at the top notch. Did you guys know when you were approached that they wanted to go balls out? They, they were going to, you know, no play. And this is a restaurant. This, this seems like a restaurant designed to be on the same playing field as the best that the strip has to offer. Did they tell you that that's what they wanted to do right off the bat? Or was that a slow process getting to that? I think it's, you know, it was, I think that's what the, the end was. That, that's what they want. They, they, they're very supportive on, on the kitchen side with the chef. They're very supportive with the front of the house. They invest a lot of money uh, that these days, not too many restaurants, even in the strip, they invest the money that they invest in here. Uh, we have a great uh, wine program. Um, um, 
they really they really want quality here. They're, two glass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two two cup or two glass awards from Wine yeah. Spectator. Right? Yes. That's Big fantastic. things within the first year. It's great. Best of their awards are so weird, but it's yeah, I have this down <laughs> in my notes what you got. But it was the best of grand award or so yeah. yeah, whatever. Yes. Congratulations on that. Yeah, we we just we just strive to be better in a in a in a, in a day by day, you know. And we go through uh, June that we thought it was going to be a very quiet month, and it was one of the best months That's of the year. For us. And then, and then it's just come out. August has been a little bit up and down because there is not too much going on town. But we go into October. There is conventions. November. Christmas, uh, Grand Prix, uh, Super Bowl. Yep. I think we just have a, a big mission ahead of us. A lot of uh, our um, group department is booking a lot of uh, a lot of parties during those holidays. You know. Cool. Um, you know, I always say that in Las Vegas we have steakhouses. We probably have twenty-five steakhouses that in any other city would be top five. In their city, I really I, believe. I agree with that. You put them all sure. next to each other on the strip, and they and some in the burbs as well. But sure. and they start to blend together, and yeah. you're like, "What the fuck?" So for me, it's always been important to kind of. I, I feel it's been important for steakhouses to find a niche that they cater to, right? And by that, Circus Circus or Golden Steer are going to be your old Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. You want your taste sure. of old Vegas, you go to them. Um, you want something that's clubby, maybe you go to STK for a pre-club thing. Um, you know, there are a lot of very modern steakhouses, um, you know, Carver, which kind of is halfway between maybe a Wolfgang Puck modern deconstructed steakhouse and that STK of that club vibe, right? Yep. But, they, sure. but they have specific things going on for them, all of them. And that always begs the question, what is the niche of this steakhouse? Where, where are you trying to differentiate yourself? I think it's, I think it's muddy, you know, it's just his food, his background, his uh, Filipino background that brings a lot of things into our dishes uh, i think that's where we are different we're trying to be different on service on the top and on, on the front of the house you know just good service good food that's what people that's what it's all about hospitality right just people yeah. coming back you know yeah. yeah well chef you definitely put a lot of interesting influences into your menu i mean it is a globally inspired menu and a lot of people like to put that on on a press release or in a, you know, in a sign or whatever. But, um, you know, you go through your dishes and it's obvious right off the bat that this is globally inspired. Um, you know, in the raw bar section alone, we're seeing both Tiradito and Crudo, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. nods to Italy, nods to Central and South America mm -hmm. there. Um, other appetizers, you have empanadas, you have tempura, you have fondue on this <laughs> menu, right? Yes. So yes. you are, this is just a, a tour around the planet. Um, was that intentional and calculated, or are these just the, the flavors that you like to play with? Um, both, because, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying, like, you know, there's like some really high-end, top-tier uh, steakhouses here in Las Vegas, and... Um, for me, it's own. It's always been, you know, the mission of of a, uh, you know, there's enough of us, but how can we be, you know, how can Scotch eighty be different and and be, um, and be unique, right? So, yes, those are like flavors that you know that I kind of grew up with, things that I've picked up along the way, um, and happen to do well and 
you know, we wanted to showcase that, that we can have a, a great variety for everyone. And it's not just your run of the mill. Oh, you know, I'm going to get a steak tartare over there to have a great one and things like that. But we wanted it to be like, wow, steakhouses that serve, uh, that serves empanada and it hits all the notes of what an empanada should be. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, what's kind of cool about it. I say, you know, sometimes Sue and I'll come in here when she's celebrating special occasion or whatever. Sue loves a good steak dinner. I'm not really the steakhouse guy. Right. So whenever <laughs> Sue's celebrating, we end up in the steakhouse, but when we just come for after work, you know, kill some time and you know, we sit at the bar and dine, I might just have lobster fried rice or something. Right? <laughs> it's, like, it's not even like I'm having steakhouse fare when I come here. I mean, there's, there's a lot that I could draw from. Yeah, we gotta we gotta keep you know the menu um, upbeat and fun and and I think for you know for for us in the kitchen that's how we get it through our guests that like you're not gonna have a boring meal you know meal here and um, you know it's the food the food quality has gotta gotta match the service that George brings to the table so um, yeah I mean it's it's unique it's not the same as you know any other steakhouse here so yeah well it's it's working at least it's working for me man i'm loving it oh absolutely Yay. that's um, a win <laughs> <laughs> another way um that you know any great restaurant is going to set itself apart especially in steakhouses which tend to be ingredient driven restaurants is by making sure you know you have the best of everything and that's really obvious just by taking a look at your beef menu alone i mean it yes. starts oh. right there domestic beef you have um you sourcing from california nebraska and kansas that I saw, That's but then you have a separate section that is your boutique Wagyu program, and you have four different types of Wagyu from um, four producers in four prefectures there, plus yes. a flight of Wagyu, plus a <laughs> burger, mm -hmm. um, and then we talked about the is Wine Spectator Award, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, your, your key is really, I mean, it, it, obviously it's important to you to make sure that you're sourcing the, the best hundred ingredients to, 100%. so that you can give people a good experience. Um, you know, and that's what, you know, touching back to what George was saying earlier about the support that we, that we get from ownership and from, um, the executive team, you know, that's like really allowed us to be creative and, um, offer, uh, something that nobody else is, you know, offering. I mean, four different prefectures from Japan, that's kind of, you know, excessive, but at the same time, you walk in the room, it's such a beautiful room and it kind of speaks of that. So mm -hmm. why not also, you know, bring the best that we can, um, that we can source, you know, as far as, you know, A5 programs and things like that. Um, and honestly, that's, that's like a, a pretty big program within itself. And it was, you know, very scary implementing it, but the support that we get and, you know, every week we're like, oh, I, I guess we need to order more, <laughs> order more, well, order good. more, you know, so. Japanese beef. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, not so, no, not, not so, not so uh, worried anymore, you know, because it is, um, it's embraced by our guests, you know, and that was kind of like one of the things that I was a little uh, hesitant about. But when it, when it came through and, and we implemented that, uh, the Wagyu menu, um, it was great. You yeah. know, it makes us unique. You know, and, and and it's it's different. Nobody nobody else offers four to five different uh, prefectures. Yeah. On one time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Time, yeah. <laughs> um, just for people, you know, everybody's heard of, of Wagyu beef and Kobe beef, and you know, there there's so many 
legends about how pricey it can get and that what, sure. do you guys sell it by the ounce or do you sell it just by the portion that you've already come up with a portion and what's the price range on? um our Good. portions uh we, we we start off with portions and then you can add additional to that so every portion uh every portion is uh four ounces four. and then you can if you want five we'll give you five if you want six you can get six mm -hmm. you know it goes up to however uh the guest prefers right um I believe it's uh we start off at sixty an ounce and then all the way up to eighty. Um and at the top uh the top tier would be of course Kobe. Uh it's the name recognition number one. The quality of beef that comes from from that prefecture is just amazing, you know, and the actual prefecture is Hyogo. A lot of people get that confused. Yeah, I've actually, so. I saw a press release for um, a different restaurant. So, uh, but that one said like, oh, we, we have Kobe beef from the Kobe prefecture, right? And I was like, well, yeah, you mean the city. That's the city. It's not the province. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot that goes into mm. <laughs> to it. But yes, you have to get it from the right prefecture. And Kobe is just one city in there. Um, yeah, but I... I actually like it, like, I, for me, I'm not a big Kobe beef fan, right? I'd, most of the time, I want something maybe that's grass-fed. I tend to be much more concerned with the aging on beef mm -hmm. when I do. Um, beef is, I'm just not a big steak eater. And my wife, who is a big steak eater, she just does not really like A5, right? It's just too fatty for her. And oh, I think a lot of people sure. feel that way. And so too many people... More for me. Too many people think because <laughs> it's the most expensive that it's the best, right? And it is the best if you like the way that it tastes. Right. Sure. It's the best. But not everybody wants things that are that fatty. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, even if you do want things that are that fatty, you guess you get a problem because if you order your normal size 12 ounce steak, oh my God, which you I think is small, you know, <laughs> you know, people that are used to ordering 42 ounce steaks or oh. whatever at their local restaurant, they see, they see Wagyu and they see Kobe. Um, for me, you know, the, the best way to eat it is really just to get a couple small slices of it, yep. maybe sear it on a hot stone, you know, an ounce, an ounce or two as an appetizer is for me is the best way to eat it. But I'm assuming you sell it as both appetizers, entrees, anytime in the meal that you want to dine on it yes uh so past menus we've had it as a as a japanese sando right so we get our milk bread made you here brought me one of those house. one day when you were working <laughs> out in the kitchen that was right. fucking good man <laughs> right so i mean you know and and i think our our staple go-to wagyu appetizer would be the wagyu bites it's just you know um like you mentioned a few slices and then you know, a little truffle sauce and caviar. Done. You, know, it's, it's, you don't really need much after that. <laughs> no, that's it. And then you don't need to eat anything else. No, no. Right? I mean, even, you know, uh, even our uh, empanada is made with, with ground snow beef. Oh, I so I, I know it's kind of, it's a little bit over the top, but mm -hmm. at the same time, if I have access to it and I can um, use it and it would make, you know, good business sense for us to do so, why not? Why not? You're yeah. right. So it's a snow beef uh, <laughs> empanada. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to be crazy, hanging man. out here at the hotel waiting for 5 p.m. to start right. so I can sit at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you, I notice, quick to notice as I walk in, 
is that the room that had been set aside for a scotch program under the mm, previous ownership, right. this was scotch 80s prime, is now mostly a wine room. It's right? a wine room now. Yes. So obviously with the Wine Spectator 2 Glass Award, you, you have a serious-ass wine program. So has wine taken a bit of the focus away from spirits, or is the spirits collection here just as important as it I always was? I think the scotch collection here is one of the best in the city. Okay. Uh, we do have... We work very hard with management and money to provide these. And now we have 85 different scotches. Yeah. But that was the name of the restaurant. And that yep. was one of the things that we worked very hard for. Yeah. I mean, if you check our bars, uh, you, you have a lot of diversity of prices from $12 to six, seven, eight hundred. I was salivating while I was waiting for everybody to join me. Yeah. I was wandering up and down the bar just looking at it. Uh, we have a great collection. It's it just does, it just we decide that room to be the wine room. Right. You know, as a steakhouse, you know, you have to have a good selection. And we, we have a, I think, Ashan, our uh, sommelier or buyer, he does great job on wines but this is a mostly stay houses is mostly about everybody drink cabernet you know it's, it's cabernet house you know? <laughs> but we do have anything else that you want there you know Cool. Yeah, and I would say, because uh, I've never been a big scotch drinker, uh -huh. um, but I like whiskey from just about every place. Yep. Scotland being probably my least favorite place to get whiskey from. But um, <laughs> when, I mean, not that I won't drink good scotch, sure. but just not my, but I love whenever I sit here and everybody that listens to this podcast knows I don't drink very much anymore. So when I do drink, I like it to be something very, very good. Nice. You guys right. always have something. I always see like, oh man, I haven't had that one in a while or, mm -hmm. oh, they've got this or down to like, okay, what, what's in my price range too. Yeah. Right. And that's the important thing. You know, we've talked on in this podcast a lot. I have my go-tos, you know, Japanese, if I want to get like a Nika coffee grain or something, yeah. right? Because I know it's always a good bang for your buck. Anyway, you guys have the good bang for your buck whiskeys as well and spirits. And I think that's, that's, you know, important Absolutely. because i can't always afford eight hundred dollars wait let me correction i can never afford eight hundred dollars <laughs> for a uh, whiskey uh well guys man it's been a lot of fun having you here and thank you so much for your time um anything else we need to tell people about do you have any special events coming up any special dinners um things like that um we have from monday through Thursday, we do have our social hour. So it's our version of happy hour. You have um, a selection of uh, appetizers uh, that can be had here at the restaurant. And also we have um, we have drink specials during uh, that time. It's from 5 to 6.30, uh, Monday to Thursday. And then um, I think we're going to be we're going to be hosting a fan here in the hotel. So uh, a fan is going to be this weekend. Um, so us and along with uh, a few restaurants here would be uh, uh, participating in that uh, Vegas food and wines next month. Uh, I'll be here as well. And October 7th. Yeah, correct. Cool. And, and you can catch us there uh, a week after that would be uh, unstripped with a, uh, um, I think it's uh, feast 
Feast, Feast of Friends. Feast of Friends, right? yeah. yeah. Right, Vegas yeah. Unstrip Festival in downtown right. Las Vegas. You guys are going to be participating in that? Yes. yes. Okay. So, you know, since, since, you know, yeah, we are in a hotel, but hey, we're not on strip, so. Right. You are unstripped, man. Yeah. And I know the key there is to make things that are not on your normal menu, right? So mm-hmm. has Eric been riding you about trying to come up with something, <laughs> something creative? You know, he's lucky he hasn't, you know, <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> have to bug me about that. But no. uh, yeah, uh, we're doing... Um, so we're doing some braised wagyu uh, beef cheeks, and uh, we're gonna put it in a bun, and all the accoutrements of you know, got your pickled onions, cilantro, and cucumber, things like that. Uh, something unique, but it's in a it's in a bun form. And then um, I think we're doing uh, we're doing a hamachi crudo dish with uh, uni and caviar truffle ponzu things like that you know for for our strip something something different you know and and uh kind of like showcase what we do here cool sounds great i am looking forward to it thank you gentlemen both for your time and your hospitality yeah, thank today you so much the news is next this is food and loathing another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing or reach out directly, info at foodandloathing.vegas. And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out anytime at wishboneandvine.com. And one more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. Wild Rhine Cheese and Provisions has opened their September calendar and are offering the following events, which sell quickly. Thursday, September 14th at 6.30 at the Akin Cooperative on South Commerce. Natural wine paired with salt and straw ice cream. Sommelier Raquel Jacobs and cheesemonger Jessica Woods switch things up and walk you through a selection of sake and wine and cheese pairings. Two dates, Wednesday, September 20th at 6 p.m. at the Beer Zombies in downtown Summerlin. And again on Thursday, September 28th at 6 p.m. at Beer Zombies in Boulder City. You can get more information on all of these events at wildrind.com. Also, Ferguson's downtown is holding a wine walk on Saturday, September 16th from 5 to 8 p.m. in the outdoor common area of the complex located on Fremont and 11th Street. For $30 is all you can drink. They say to mark your calendars and come uncork the magic with us. An enchanting evening of Natty, which is natural wines, local shopping, and live music. More information at fergusonsdowntown.com. And Stallone's Italian Eatery at Santa Fe Station is officially open for business. This is the second location of the eatery. The first location is located at Silverado Ranch in Bermuda in Henderson. The restaurant chain is owned by Brett Raymer, who is the former chief operating officer of Acrylic Tank Management. 
That is the company that <laughs> was featured on the hit Animal Planet show, Tanked. Exactly. Yeah. There's a. I gotta find out the story behind that because, like, I, I met Bre- Brett. He's he's a nice enough guy. I yeah. Um, I, I interviewed him when he was on Tanked, right? For for when I was working with ABC News, and then do you guys remember? Do you remember that he opened a donut chain here? No. Yeah, he had some donut stores that he was running in Las Vegas. And then it was really weird because I think they got sued. If I'm remembering right, there was some kind of weird lawsuit like with Pink Box. This is so far. I got to get the Google this because I swear I thought he got sued over the shit emojis, the poop emoji. Oh, how funny. Something. And because that's a Pink Box donut. It was yeah. one of the Pink Box and I think he had hired <laughs> away some of their people and there was a big crazy oh my shit. God. So his donut joint did not work out, right? Which, okay, man, I don't sure. know. Trust me, I'm running my own business. I don't know what the fuck. I'm, you know, I don't, I, I'm not, cast, I don't know what happened with that, yeah. one, right? But well, that was this really, one's expanding, so. Yeah, this one is expanding. But this is a weird thing because when the first Stallone's opened, uh-huh. Did you notice that like suddenly all of those food groups, those like Las Vegas foodies or whatever, yeah. you know, all those little Facebook groups, like suddenly about a billion people showed up in one day that all thought Stallone's was the greatest oh, Italian yeah. fucking food oh, yeah. that ever happened. Like his social like, media marketing game was strong, <laughs> strong. <laughs> which really turned me off to the place because I was yeah. like, none of these people have fucking eaten. No, I, I just that was many not people did not it, eat you know? there that fast. Um, so I've I've been skeptical of Stallone's just because of the. I mean, first of all, I liked the guy. He was a nice enough guy when yeah. he was with, with the tanked people. Um, his donuts were always fine. Um, if you know, but I don't know what happened with that and yeah. issues um but then like i just felt like man this is like why i don't trust those food groups right because like <laughs> it just seemed so either the greatest either stallone's is the greatest italian restaurant in the world that just opened overnight and became great or he's just got a lot of people that know how to barrage the things <laughs> But now that I know that he's, you know, he's in a station casino, station tends to vet their people yeah. pretty well. They, they don't bring people in unless they're quality people doing quality restaurants. Yeah. So, you know, with with the station seal of approval, I'm now more interested. And it's not like I intentionally avoided it before. It's just I've sure. got a lot of restaurants to go to in a typical week. And yeah. that, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was up because that that, that hit hard. <laughs> well, we'll have to go man. check it out. We really should, man. Go in with an open mind. <laughs> I'm rooting for them. I hope that Absolutely. they do really well. And for those who need more information you can go to stallone's lv.com oh i love the way she gets me back on track she was you should have kicked me under the table more. that would have been better <laughs> no but i like no, where the conversation was <laughs> i love the way you take charge she's like yeah and meanwhile all that shit outset and then what about you what about me i don't know what do we have on your notes for my first news story because i'm my notes are for for crap today um yes oh okay cool this was an important one i'm glad i have this <laughs> Don't know if this is approved to talk about yet, but I got somebody talking about it, so therefore it's approved to be used. Um, when I was at the Donatique opening, I got to chatting with um, Joseph Cervantes of Arepa Heads. Oh, yeah. And he had done, of course, Arepa Heads at the Vegas Test Kitchen. And he was telling me that he's going to be doing a collaborative pop-up with Bruce Kalman at Soul Belly on Monday night, or on Mondays. Um, now, none of this has been, at this point, none of this has been, um, yeah, I'll check my email, but... Uh, a, been confirmed officially announced announced. so i don't know when those pop-ups would start so don't run over right away this monday (laughs) until you hear about me on it but i did i pulled him aside and i said you've got some news man so why don't you tell me about it so here it is 
Me and Bruce have worked together a couple of times, so uh, you know he knows that I've been doing at Upper Heads in downtown for a little bit, and he was like, "Hey, let's link up and do a collaboration." Uh, you know that Epa, it's a great vessel for a lot of stuff, and barbecue is one of them. So uh, he's closed on Mondays, and he's going to give me the opportunity to go in there and kind of, you know, see how Main Street is, and we'll do our collaboration, and I'll sell my usual stuff there too. So for people who don't know what Arepa Heads does, obviously I've had it, um, but a lot of people still don't even know what an Arepa is. So could you explain it to the newcomers? Yeah, so an Arepa is basically, it's a really fine cornmeal, and uh, it's a traditional food in Venezuela. I grew up making it since I was a kid. Uh, traditionally, it's done in a flat top. It's a, it's a dough, and um, traditionally it's on a flat top, but I deep fry mine just because it's tastier that way. And then, uh, you know, we fill it up. We eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's just a staple like a taco or a gyro. It's a staple in Venezuela. So, um, obviously, you know, you were big at Vegas Test Kitchen. A lot, of the, um, a lot of the people that you were in there with seem to be finding new places, kind of landing on their feet right now. I know that this is just a, just a pop-up. This is another pop-up, I should say. But I've got to think that you're thinking longer term, something more permanent. Do you have any leads? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean... Since I'm one of the newer ones that came into Test Kitchen, I kind of just like paid attention to what the rest of the guys were doing. And I kind of just um, waiting and seeing, you know, the right time. But since I'm such a small business, most of the time it's just me. You know, the, the space that I need is very small. So uh, looking into that has been a bit of a challenge. But, you know, there's new projects coming up. There's new builds coming up that I'm kind of just patiently waiting to jump into those. And I went to the official grand opening of River Rock Pizza in Arizona, Charlie's. Uh, this is a place I told you about a few weeks ago. Um, so when I was at the opening, I spoke to one of the casino's execs about it because Chef Bradley Manchester was out of town. Yep. And here's that conversation. So I'm here with Darren Eunuch, the VP at, um, at Arizona Charlie's on Dec Decatur. We are at River Rock Pizza and Pasta. It, they're just getting ready to have a big grand opening celebration. People are lined up out front. So I guess the first thing I have to say to you, sir, is congratulations. And how does it feel to have this new concept opening? It, fe it feels fantastic. And, th and thank you for uh, showing up and coming in, in this nice interview. Uh, it's a perfect day to open a pizza and pasta joint, right? It's National Cheese Pizza Day. So it's fantastic just to be a part of the community. Um, we, we feel that this is just what this community needed is a, is a nice uh, family restaurant. You can come in. We can handle large groups. So it it's, should be great for the community. Can you tell people a bit about the menu and what they should expect and also the vibe? Because you've got a cool rock and roll um, attitude going on in this place. Yeah, it, it's, it's a rock and roll themed. Um, who doesn't like rock and roll and who doesn't like pizza and pasta? So if, if you do come, I highly suggest you try the meatballs, uh, known as meatballs. are a great appetizer, and they also do very well on a pizza. Uh, my favorite pizza is probably the Italian deli pizza. Can't go wrong with that. Okay, cool. um, so you have pizza, you have pasta, you have a rock and roll theme. What else should people expect from the place? Just come in and enjoy yourself. I mean, it's, it's not too stuffy. It's, it's, you know, like we said, it's rock and roll. Have a good time. T-Bone's Chop House in Red Rock is the latest local restaurant to be certified. 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 I like that. That's a new word. Certified. I want to get certified. <laughs> Sounds like when you're really getting out to tie one on, man. I want to get certified. <laughs> 
They, T-Bone's Chop House at Red Rock is the latest local restaurant to be certified as an official Kobe beef destination by the Kobe Beef Distribution and Promotion Council of Japan. And I'm actually looking at the Kobe certification I was gonna say. out there <laughs> for Scotch 80. Um, so bravo to the folks at, um, at T-Bone's Chop House. They are the second restaurant in the Summerlin area and the 11th in Las Vegas to receive the certification, which means that um, your their Wagyu beef must come from the Hyojo Prefecture, which is where the city of Kobe is located. It also has to meet strict production standards. You can't just have a cow or have a have a black cow and raise it in that neighborhood right. and you know sell it like that. You've got to do all kinds of crazy shit to make sure the cow is raised and slaughtered properly. So um, there are, again, only 11 in Las Vegas that have it. We're sitting in one right now. This is another one. Um, actually, Hank's, the sister restaurant of T-Bones, has had it for a little while now. So that's cool. So they all said, um, what is it? T-Bones is now selling. The cut is an A5 certified Kobe ribeye from the Hyojo Prefecture, and it is being served by the ounce. And I paid a visit to T-Bones to get some more info on that. So I'm here at T-Bones Chop House with Francis Fox, the director of F&B for Red Rock Casino. Well, I'm excited to hear that you have the um, the real Kobe beef coming in here. So, first of all, what went into the decision to get that and to get approval, and how complicated was that? So, T-Bones is known for the best beef program in the city, uh, specifically Summerlin. Uh, so, we really wanted to get the best beef in the world. So, uh, we sought out to the Kobe beef uh, distribution company in, uh, in Japan, uh, met with them. They came out, had a couple products come in. And uh, we ended up getting the certification for one of 11 steakhouses in Las Vegas and uh, a handful in the world uh, that has that. So that's really the reason why we wanted to choose Kobe. Obviously, the term Kobe has been overused for decades in, in um, the United States here. And people finally got to sort of understand what Wagyu is. But now I think there are still some people who don't know what it means when you say you have real Kobe beef. Could you explain what that means and why it is such a premium product? So the difference between Kobe and Wagyu is basically going to be that it's certified from Kobe Prefecture. Um, and the distribution company that is in Japan, uh, and the way that they raise the cattle and everybody that the, the hands that go into making sure that it's the best product in the world. Uh, the, notice, the noticeable changes that you're gonna get between Kobe and Wagyu are gonna be that definite marbleization. Um, and you know, there's different kinds of Kobe that you can, cha that you can try and taste, um, but the, the real difference between Kobe and Wagyu is gonna be the flavor profile and as well as the marbleization you get out of those steaks. And, you know, it is so much fun if you've never seen the real stuff in person. The first time that you actually get to see them bring that steak out, it almost looks like it's been in a snowstorm with all those flakes of white on it. And I know that I'm one of these people that likes to kind of be obnoxious in the restaurant and ask them to bring over the birth certificate for the cow. Do you guys do all of that? Do you present the meat? Will people be able to perhaps see what it looks like pre-cooked and see that birth certificate? Yeah, we'll definitely bring out the steak if they wanted to see it pre-cooked because it actually is really uh, unique to see. Uh, we will also have the Kobe plaque available at the very front, which designates us that we have the rights to serve the product. Um, and we do actually have the certificate as well. So if they wanted to see that, they are more than welcome to see that. 
And Click Hospitality has begun hiring for its new modern Mexico restaurant in the new Durango Casino. They'll be taking applications for what looked like pretty much all positions Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, September 11th through 13th at the Rocks Lounge at Red Rock. That's Monday 10 to 4, Tuesday noon to 6, Wednesday noon to 8. And that, I believe, is about it for this week. Thank you all of our guests, Marty Lopez, um, George Pagani, Karis Kawana, Joseph Joseph Cervantes, all the folks at Red Rock and Arizona Charlie's. We're going to be back next week with more deliciousness. Until then, with Samantha Gemini Stevens and the behind-the-scenes Rich Johnson, who is still making sure this all sounds great. Yes, he is. I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. <laughs>